it's such an emotional load, but we don't really give full credit for the fact that it is an emotional load. We just like lose the weight, just, just lose it. Happiness, success, freedom, energy, fun, balance, strength, peace. It all stems from our physical and emotional well-being. You're in the right place for a healthy discussion with experts to show you the way. This is Be Well, a podcast from Crossover Health. Not sick is not enough. Being well is a movement to get the most we want out of life. In each of our episodes, we pick a health or lifestyle topic, bring in one of our doctors from the front lines, and have a real conversation. Be well, do good, enjoy life. What's up, everyone? This is Dan Lord, Regional Medical Director for Crossover Health. You're in the right place for a healthy discussion. Just a reminder, the following presentation is for informational purposes only. It's not intended nor implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice. Please do not apply any of this info without first speaking with your doctor. Today, we're continuing our special four-part series on weight management. So you'll hear from a doctor, a psychologist, a health coach, a fitness coach about how they help members achieve their weight goals. For crossover members, all four of these medical experts work together on the same care team. If you're not a crossover member, it's a great way to learn what type of individual support may work best for you. Today, our guest is Kritisa Sly a licensed clinical psychologist. Kritisa has diverse clinical experience in individual therapy, group therapy, and mental health assessment, treating people with conditions that include depression, anxiety, substance abuse, grief, and trauma. She's practiced in a variety of university counseling centers, community health centers, and forensic sites, with special focus on life transitions, personality disorders, and chronic interpersonal conflict. She's also the host of Wash Day podcast, an interview style mental health podcast about having natural hair in America. Yes, it's amazing. Gratisa, so nice to have you on the show today. Thanks so much. I'm happy to be here. So as you know, we we spoke last week with Dr. Bob Pampin. He's a physician. He shared his insights um, from a PCP perspective on weight management. So I'm excited to hear kind of from your perspective, from the mental health standpoint, um, you know, your lens and how you help members overcome some of the barriers. Are you are you ready to dive in? Yeah, let's do it. I'm ready. Okay. All right. So I'd love, you know, just high level, let's educate us about, you know, for the mental health component of losing weight. Oh, well, so for so many people, losing weight can really be overwhelming. I mean, we almost need a couple of months at the end of the year just to like get our energy up and our excitement up to do this um, for our New Year's resolutions, um, because it really is overwhelming. And it makes it even harder for people who struggle with anxiety and depression. Yeah. Sometimes the process itself from start to finish is really overwhelming. Like, how will I get from step one to step two? And what does step three look like? What does it look like when I try to maintain this weight loss? Will I end up going back to the beginning? So, like, people with anxiety might worry about, like, they might have anticipatory anxiety. What 
how much weight am I going to lose? Am I following the regimen, you know, correctly? How many calories am I losing? All of those things where it's a little bit more providing a little bit more anxiety um, for them through the checking and the constant organization of it all. Um, But then there are other people who struggle with depression who may feel like everything is overwhelming. So if you think of, I'm just going to get up and get on Peloton for 20 minutes and it's going to be easy. I'm going to put it on the easy setting and it's going to be fine. People with depression are thinking, well, I have to get up. I have to find workout clothes. I have to find shoes. I have to put those on. I have to walk down the hall. It just seems like things take much longer. There's an emotional load. It's such an emotional load, but we don't really give full credit for the fact that it is an emotional load. We just like lose the weight. Just just lose it. Just go do it. Yeah, you got this. Yes. Um, I'd love for you to dig a little bit deeper on, you know, comorbidities or, or other complicating factors. If somebody has depression and you're working with them, you know, sometimes they're depressed about their weight loss or their weight, but other times it kind of goes the other way around. Can you, can you speak a little bit more deeply? Because I think many people mm-hmm. are affected and it, it's, I'm sure, something you see quite often. One of the common ways that we see a lot of people um, with mental health concerns across the board, we know that they engage in more substance use right. um, because the stress of dealing with emotions, first of all, we nobody really gives anybody a, you know, a how-to book or maybe there's tons of how-to books and no, not really one that's tailored specifically for you, but it becomes overwhelming. And so people try to use substances to just relax, to get a, away from the mm-hmm. issue. And for people with weight management issues, drinking is usually the culprit. So people are love to go to bars. I'm from Philly, so we love to go to bars and sit around and, you know, shoot the crap is what we call it and <laughs> do nothing. And so you could easily like drink and have fun with your people and all the things, but you can easily drink all of your calories that you need for the day for your nutrition in like your beer or your yeah. your craft beer or that, you know, that large very large glass of wine. Right. So Let's take one uh, one more step towards eating disorders. So th- that's mm. squarely in your court as well. And I think that's another you know important topic. Um, can you educate us on on how you work with with those kind of dealing with eating disorders? Mm-hmm. Um, I think the first thing is beginning to notice that you do have concerns or unhealthy eating patterns. Um, we all have unhealthy eating patterns. It's kind of the foundational structure of our diet in America. Um, So it is kind of difficult to create your own situation. So like if you go out to dinner, half of the meal is technically another serving. So half your meal that's coming to you is like, yep, eat this whole plate. It's right here in front of you, but you're really supposed to cut it in half and put it away. Um, So it's educating people on just how much of one food group they might eat. Like a a lot of us eat a lot of dairy and a lot of cheese. A lot of us who are lactose intolerant totally bypass the fact that they are, you know, cheese, come on, cheese. (laughs) But you kind of get into a place where you have unhealthy eating habits. And what tends to happen is that the unhealthy eating habits um, begin to develop some kind of association. Um, So food becomes comfort. Food becomes a way of after a long day, I'm going to get something that I love to eat because at least I know I'm going to feel good about that part. Um, it's going to be, you know, the highlight of my day. Um, or even people who struggle with weight 
driving past all of those um, fast food places on their way home is difficult. Maybe, you know, they're a compulsive eater when they were younger and now they're super anxious about it as an adult. So we really have to not just look at their eating habits currently in their lives, but really take a look at their eating habits across their lives. Because in reality, like we're human, we're going to grow, we're going to shift, we're going to change over time. And our eating habits do the same thing. So maybe break this down. How do you actually um, work with individuals to to help them? What what, what are the steps that you take um, in your practice? Um, so first, we have to find what the connection is. What what feeling does eating give you? Um, but also, what feeling does your weight give you and the the healthiness of your body? Like, what does that feel like? How do you feel when you go out into the rest of the world? Um, do you feel comfortable in your skin? Those are the kind of ways to assess whether or not you are feeling like super body positive and you can kind of stay where you are and you love yourself and everything's great. But if you have kind of those nagging, you know, thoughts in the background, it's like, well, maybe I could lose a little bit of weight. Like maybe I'm not really trying that hard in the gym. Like maybe I'm a little scared of what the process could be like or how strenuous it could be. Um, those things could keep you from you know, getting to that point. We have to make sure also that stressors are managed in someone's life. So we can't just say, change the way you cope with these, you know, um, the stressor, but also trying to reduce the amount of stressors in, in people's lives. Um, so identifying like if there's conflict, if, there work, if there's work stress, um, are you a parent and you are utterly exhausted. Um, shout out to all the parents over the winter holiday <laughs> that was uh, with their children for two weeks. I That was my first one. So it was like, dump you in the, the deep end of the pool. <laughs> but it was very fun um, with the kid. We got to do a lot of fun things, but it can be a little overwhelming. And while you're trying to manage your weight and feel your best self, it doesn't always go as you would like it. That's That's fair. I wonder yeah. if you have any examples you can share. Do you have any cases or or things that would be a good good example for for our people to hear? In particular, I just kind of got interested into uh, interested in maternal mental health, um, specifically after I had my son. He's three years old now, but um, after I had my son, I dealt with a lot of postpartum depression around weight gain and around weight management um, because everybody's like, "Oh yeah, after you have a child, the weight just comes off," especially if you happen to be, um, let's say, breastfeeding or something like that. Um, totally, you can handle it. Yes, going to be great. And that's not always the case for a lot of people. A lot of women end up struggling with accepting their bodies after they have their child, um, struggling with the way that their bodies will or won't look. Um, some of us will go right back to the way that we were. Some people are disturbed with stretch marks. Some people are like, oh my God, I finally got the hips that I've been always wanting. Um, but it is, everybody has a unique experience yeah. with regard to weight in the motherhood process. And so for me, it wasn't until I realized that I had a little bit of postpartum depression that I really understood my connection with food. And so I could deal with the depression head on and then realize that that was the under, I was like kind of the undercurrent. Every time I would try to lose weight, I would end up gaining more weight or I would try and then motherhood would get on me and I would have two weeks of like, I can't do this. I can't yeah. keep up with, you know, the patterns yeah. of things. Um, and so I'm like, oh, now I have to start all the way from square one. So it really was 
a little bit of an uphill battle, but once I um, was able to get a little bit of help, um, I saw a psychiatrist and it totally worked out for me. Some people have to do it a little bit longer, but I had to do it for a little bit of a short time um, just to kind of get me stabilized. But it worked and I feel so much better. And now I can educate other women about their experiences and how being a mother and birth could change and make you deal with weight in a completely different way. First of all, thank you for sharing. Um, Really, really good to hear. I'm sure lots of people can learn from that. Two, as a a father of two little girls, I can relate in, in my way. And I know how much my wife went through. And it's amazing how much people here need to hear this more. Um, just mm-hmm. the, the the trials and tribulations of motherhood and just the amount of just things that you, you don't know, especially the first time. I, th- I was surprised at how much we didn't know. And so thanks for sharing. I really appreciate it. You are very welcome. Very welcome. Um, so I'd, I'd love, you know, to, to do one more dive into some of the tips and tricks and strategies that you have that you share with patients. You've already shared some, but um, mm-hmm. would you would you like to kind of get into any others to, to help our listeners mitigate? Mm-hmm. Um, sure. So since we just finished the holidays, I think it's also good to kind of help people around that kind of coming out of the holiday. Let's be a little bit nicer to ourselves as the beginning of the year starts because all of that stuff comes together and also family dynamics come together. Um, Specialty food, emotions, family members that are there or not there. And so regulating your weight and weight management around the holidays can be a little bit difficult. So it's okay to be nice to yourself Give yourself a little bit of grace in that area. And trust me, you're going to need to give yourself grace throughout the whole weight loss weight loss experience. But please give yourself some grace, especially at that time. Make sure that you might not be struggling with some seasonal affective things. So in the North, we kind of call it cabin fever. But just imagine if you got like really, really bad cabin, cabin fever and like things are just a little stressful for you, um, sad, maybe it's a little gloomy, it's not, you can't go outside as much, Um, COVID is happening, (laughs) all of those things. things. So just make sure that you understand what is on your plate and what you're trying to deal with as you set up your expectations for how you want to deal with your weight. Um, I think noting other things that are important, like medications could make you, you gain weight, some medical conditions can make you gain weight, Sleep issues can make you gain weight. So it's not just your willpower and your self-esteem and whether or not you can really feel like you can get through this or, you know, bootstrap your way through this. It's really about assessing what your concerns are and getting help where you need it um, and finding support where you need it um, so that you can continue on on this journey. But I would encourage people to, if you're going to use a weight loss program, to use one that has a mental health focus as well, because this is, if I've kind of conveyed anything today. I'm hoping that you understand that weight is not just physical, it's mental, it's emotional, it's all of those things. Um, And so you want to make sure you have a weight loss program that doesn't just focus on the foods that you're going to eat, but what you think about yourself, the beliefs that you have about yourself and the way that you eat. It addresses the comfort in eating and also might flag you if you might have a concern that might require you to meet with a mental health professional or even a nutritionist. Yeah, I'd love to actually ask one more question about that. You know, mm-hmm. if I'm a member and I'm thinking about my weight loss plan and, and, you know, maybe I haven't been successful in the past, 
when do you recommend talking to a therapist in particular? You know, whether whether you're using a physician or a health coach, you know, that could be part of the team or not. But when when would you recommend saying, yeah, you should actually talk to a professional? I think right around the time where you start to have these really strong and deep-seated beliefs about your abilities. Like once it starts to be like, oh, well, you get down on yourself because you can't lose the weight or um, it's more like a, like I said, a bootstrap or a willpower kind of situation where you're kind of finger wagging because you didn't get on the Peloton today or finger wagging because you didn't take that extra walk that you said you were going to do, or maybe you had that extra ice cream that you weren't supposed to. Um, (laughs) But if you start to have these beliefs about yourself and they start to become a way of you thinking about yourself and the way you interact with the world, that requires an opportunity to talk to somebody because you don't want to develop a belief that's built out of fear and, you know, isolation and feeling alone when in all reality, you have all these people around you who love you and care for you and want to support you in any way that they can. So if you start to close ranks and isolate and start to, you know, get down on yourself about your abilities to succeed and grow, I think it's a good time to talk to somebody. Um, Also, if you feel like Whatever you're trying to do isn't working and you just don't know where to go. Sometimes talking to a mental health professional can help you to create your plan, like create whatever your plan is, figure out what it is that you want to do and get some help with figuring out how to set it in small steps. So wherever you think that you need to be to start therapy, you don't. Just go in with whatever you have, whoever you are, whatever you're dealing with, and we'll help. I love it. Thank you for that. Really appreciate you coming today. I know that many of our listeners learned from you. We'd like to get to know you a little bit better, though. Is that okay if we uh, jump into some rapid fire questions? (laughs) Yes. Okay. Are you ready? (laughs) I'm ready. I'm ready. (laughs) Okay. Here we go. Question one. What are you currently watching or listening to? Uh, I'm so I am hooked on Encanto, the <laughs> the family madrigal. Oh my goodness! If you have children, you're going to be singing it all day, all night. I tried to go to sleep last night; it wasn't happening. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, but aside from Encanto, watching it with my son, I'm uh, making my way through uh, Godfather of Harlem. Okay, all right, nice. Yeah, it's about Bumpy Johnson back in the '60s and '70s. I like it. What's your guilty pleasure? Guilty pleasure. Um, I would have to say serial killer documentaries. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> That's and funny. Like the specialty Reese cups. So like not the regular Reese cups, but all like the holiday versions. It's Uh-oh. something about the chocolate to peanut butter ratio that's spot on. So I am... I got they know what they're doing. A heart right here. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that. Very good. So what's one thing you do every day to stay healthy? Um, I stash water around the house. Just random glasses of water everywhere. So that way wherever I am, I have no excuse because there's water everywhere. Um, so I'm totally dating myself, but there was like a movie, like M. Night Shyamalan movie back in the day where the little girl used to leave like glasses of water around the house because anytime a particle got into it, she'd be like, I can't drink that anymore. It's dirty. <laughs> well, that's what my, my husband tells me it looks like in the house. <laughs> that's amazing. That's a good tactic though. If you're setting out water, you're going to drink more of it then. Exactly. Very good. Well, thanks again for coming. So appreciate it. You're very welcome. Thank you so much for having me. 
Anyone 18 or over in the United States can be a Crossover Health member. At Crossover, you stay connected to a care team that works together and gets to know you over time. A doctor, a nurse, a mental health expert, a physical therapist, a chiropractor, a health coach, a fitness coach, and a care navigator. Go to crossoverhealth.com to join the healthcare revolution. If you like our podcast, please follow or subscribe and leave a review. If you have a topic you want us to explore, let us know on Facebook or Instagram at Crossover Health. Until next time, be well.